2: hello and welcome to episode 211 of the stacy west podcast and it is your sunday special i am your host for this afternoon's frivolities my name is
3: gary and joining me is chris how are you doing mate Hello, good. Okay, almost a good morning then. Good afternoon. Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. I was just saying off camera. Uh a little bit delicate after uh a night out last night, but but all good. It was a it was worth celebrating.
2: Yeah, and you were in home nightclub, I believe.
3: Very briefly. Very, very uh, how briefly. briefly. was
2: it? It looked empty but, on the pictures. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Yes.
3: Yeah, so it was uh, I don't know, nine o'clock till about half ten ish, probably. Just sat in the, the, the room you walk in then with a the bloke with an acoustic guitar. It was actually all right. After after yeah. about to uh, over christmas me saying i'm never ever going in there again one person saying should we go to home is said, yeah all right yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was, it was so, all good no sugar cubes no pop world sadly no sugar cubes
2: no
3: no okay. pop world no no, no. Pop world.
2: Pop world's brilliant it is it's brilliant not for an old man not when i go in i, I kind of feel you know like like i'm an uncle on the lookout or for like <laughs> not, not on the lookout for you know but like i'm looking out for like my my like kids friends or whatever to make sure that they're not misbehaving. You know, I stand there with my thing on my bottle thinking I should be at home. It'll um, be different but, but next I'm, weekend, will not it, hey? Uh, yeah, a week on. Yes, yeah, of course, next weekend as well. So Chris and I are going to a um, a 12-hour festival on Saturday uh, to watch Ferocious Dog and The Skins and Dread Zone and, and, and a few others. And then in two weeks' time, away at Morecambe for the Stag Weekend, which is going to yes, be a mess, I think. that will be a fantastic time to
3: be had by all
2: yeah I well, apart from so. you maybe well no I'm I, joking, I, I'm isn't, well no everybody keeps sorry i'm just going to do my blinds so if you can hear that um on the on the on the thingy uh, my apologies yeah everyone like yesterday people going oh you're stagged oh you're good i'm not letting anything go and i'm thinking i know where we're going and what we're doing so the only thing really can be unless you're going to pin me down and pour drink down my throat and i'm going to object to that
3: because um, i don't want people touching me but do you know what i mean like it's
2: just going to be the fancy dress yeah, um, you're going to be
3: absolutely fine. You, you've got a very likely compared to a lot of a lot of stag do's. There was a bloke in a dress last night walking around Lincoln who was clearly on his stag do. I was saying to my mate Tom, I was like, see, that could have been you. That could have been you. We were so kind to you. We just made you wear a shit shirt. All right, you're fine. You're, you've got nothing to worry about at all. I, I don't mind doing it in Morecambe. I don't mind doing
2: it at the game. I'm absolutely fine with all of that. Um, it's... It, I don't want to wear it in Keswick. Do you know what I mean? When we get to Keswick and we go out in Keswick, I'm like, everyone's going to get out their fancy dress. And at that point, i will be like, yeah, I can handle that. I can handle that. Um, as long as I'm not dressed as like, I don't know, like in a tutu or dressed as a clown, um, otherwise known as David Rock. Um, hey! Atlas we're going to talk plenty about shortly but before we do obviously you're delicate I'm also a little bit delicate um from completing the Lincoln 10k this morning
3: of course yeah well done I saw you got your pv that's excellent I know we joke I said, oh do you run do you but in all seriousness I mean that's a really good achievement well done so
2: that's so thank you very much and I fished for that but you know I, I'll of take it did. of course of, you did but so... I was
3: I was willing to I was willing to, to yeah
2: indulge so we we got out the um car at the Lincoln Inn Fee was with me she wasn't she was wasn't running but she was to take for photography walked down walked into Yarborough and as I walked around into Yarborough Sports Centre um somebody said to me oh Gary do you run I'm like you
3: (laughs) fantastic unbelievable unbelievable so yes I have to say excellent what an excellent shirt you were wearing hearts of oak hearts of oak god what an incredible kit Well, Fee said, she goes, how will I possibly see you when,
2: when you're running? Because like everybody has, linked you know, there was Lincoln kits and there was running tops and all sorts. And the, I've got just the thing for that. Um, so yeah, it it, uh, it it certainly stood out. It certainly stood out. Speaking of standing out, yesterday's home game probably stood out from almost every other home game that we've had this season. I don't think that we've had drama like that in a game um, probably in the last five or six years. I mean, I, I can't think of anything that that jumps out at me. You know, kind of quite on that level, and the only way we can really do it, I think, is chronologically. I think mm-hmm. we're just going to have to pick through it. So, um, the game started. I thought, I thought Port Vale actually looked
3: really handy early. Yeah, I said, this, but... I said the same to Joe. Who I was with. I was like, you know what? They've I, they've been on a poor run. Um, you know, they've, they've they've picked up two two reds in their last two games. So I thought there might be a little bit of bite in it. But I, I just thought they were pretty good the first few minutes. Like, hang on, we're in a game here, yeah, um, because I think. The mid before the game, we had a bit of confidence, rightly so, um, thinking, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna turn up here and we'll have a not necessarily a comfortable win, but we'd we'd probably come out on on the right side of it." And I and we've started really well in the last few games. We just started really quickly against both Plymouth and uh, Cheltenham, and I don't think we started slow. I just think Port Bell knocked on the door a few times. They never really had anything too clear cut, but they had the majority of the play, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I liked um,
2: the boys on loan from Blackburn Butterworth. I thought he looked quite handy. I've always liked James Wilson. Is he the kid that was he at Man United and he went yeah. to Solford? Yeah,
3: he's had loads of loans and like hasn't seemed to really settle anywhere. But he's a he's a handy player. Well, he was until but, Matty Virtue left on, on him.
2: Exactly, and, and believe it or not, that was five minutes in. So five minutes in, they've looked handy. James Wilson looks handy, and then Matty Virtue put in an absolute reducer. Somebody today at the ten k, which I've completed by the way, um, kind of said to me, "You know, I was a never a booking on Matty Virtue and." I don't know from from my angle I thought fucking he's left one in on him there um but as soon as the referee pulls the yellow card out 5 minutes in if the next tackle's the same you you do you either stop it or
3: you set I think a it, set, it set a precedent didn't it and we, yeah. that was our discussion I was thinking you know what if that was 60 minutes in you get a yellow card for that it's, it's not normal it's not it's not usual that you get a yellow card for that in f- 5 minutes in as much as it should be the same foul equals a yellow card it yeah. just you know it's context isn't it it doesn't happen um, but obviously. yeah, but because he got that booking within the first five minutes, then the ref kind of had to book anything that was, well, in, you'd expect he him did. to have to book anything that was of a similar yeah. level.
2: Um, so that, that happens. I, I thought that it, it slowed them down a bit. And then obviously we get the opening goal now. Um, I haven't watched it back on scout. I've only watched it back on the highlights. So you only really see Mandrew's pass. I, I seem to recall a really nice passage of play before that for, to get the ball mm-hmm. to Mandrew. I think the last four or five games we've been playing some some lovely football. It looks like it's beginning to click. Could you, you know, maybe say, because we've not got Jack Diamond, because we've not got somebody who looks to get their head down and run with it, we're looking for passes and the passes are coming off. Wonderful ball from Andrew. Um, I thought there was a clever little, not dummy, but Shadipo held his run. He could have run onto it. It was obviously a shout and then a finish from the Great Dane himself. Well, I'm so
3: pleased for Lass. I was absolutely chuffed to bits. I think I put that in the, uh, in, the in the chat. I was like, just Lass, just with the little like heart hearts in the eyes emoji. I was just so pleased. We said it a few weeks ago. If there's anyone you just want and will to do to do well, it's him, and he's he's really started to really impress in the right right wing back role. Yeah. He, he's gone from being a an adequate standing that's got some good qualities to being a real asset there. I was just obviously pleased for us to get the goal, but. I was more pleased for him. I just thought I was just absolutely beaming and i I really felt at that point that it was gonna be a a reasonably comfortable one nil hopefully get the second goal like we have done later in the game when we we finish the game two nil reasonably comfortable not a lot happens. happy days. Yeah, that's not quite what happened
2: no no it's not I mean first of all again for last I was actually critical a couple of weeks ago and I said I, I think that at right back he looks like a central midfielder playing at right wing back um, and since then he's looked like a natural right wing back at this level Um his runs are really intelligent he's full of energy and I just wonder if it's perhaps a result of coaching in that we tried him there to fill a space we saw he's got the qualities and now as he's being coached more and more in that role it's coming through yeah. um, and it it's an interesting one for next season because Regan Paul, we think, almost certain to go. Mark Kennedy obviously said in his post-match interview, "There's an offer on the table." He didn't say those exact words, but Adam Jackson's got an offer. You know, Jackson, O'Connor, Ayoma, potentially Walsh, Monsma potentially when he comes back, Rowan. You've got back three there. Last Sorensen at right wing back. Three weeks ago, I would have said no, thank you. Um, that finish, that run, some of his passing. I would, I would almost certainly now say, Joe, you know what? It's not the worst thing that could happen if
3: we've got Aoma as well to come back in. I, I was thinking this, like, and it's it's not just him. There's a that can play. there, probably a more defensive option. You've got last who's doing brilliantly recently, wow. but I think we we'd be thinking the recruitment guys would probably be thinking, you know, a real kind of first team quality attacking wing-back has got to be top of the shopping list. But we've got Sorensen who's impressing. Ahui and Ben are both doing well out on loan in Ireland as well. You know, even if only one of them is kind of kind of first team ready this time next year, oh. uh, sorry, in the summer. We don't. We don't need. We don't need to go and shop from a rock back. We can then invest whatever the, you know, funds that we may have allocated to that position. We can. We can potentially allocate them elsewhere. I would. I would genuinely be pretty comfortable with us. With us starting in that role next season, I think his attributes suit that position more than his central midfield role. To be honest, he's yeah, really impressed so. me. He's really impressed me, and i will just chuffed to bits. So I just hope it continues.
2: And to complete a massive three hundred and sixty on my part as well. If we do put some of that money towards buying Harry Boys. Um, at left back, <laughs> somebody else who I said had struggled, I mean you know, but, but yeah, we can go on all, uh, there was lots of positives, it's easy to get carried away when there's been a positive game one um, nil, quite comfortable, as you say I thought we'd go on and win 2 nil. and then for me, and I'll talk you through my opinion first because you're goalkeepers union and I, we've not spoken so I don't know what you actually think of it, I don't I, I struggle to follow the chat um, the turning, well that's a turning point, the first kind of really major t- talking point now First of all, it's it's a poor touch from Carl Rushworth. So it's gone back to him. It's a poor touch. It's the first one he's really had all season where I think he's been looking like he's dispossessed. Um, I think it's, it's 50-50. I think they're grabbing hold of each other. Uh, it starts outside the box. For me, then Rushworth tries to go down with his foot to poke the ball away. Um, he goes down first, takes Matty Taylor with him, and it's a red card and a penalty. Now, my my opinion is I can see why it's given. I can see why he's been sent off. But I think with the benefit of hindsight or the benefit of replays, for me, first of all, the, the first contact's outside the area. Now, first contact is usually where they, they pull the free kick back from. Secondly, I think he's gone to try and play the ball. If he's gone to try and play the ball and the referee deems it to be a penalty, the double jeopardy rule comes in and it should only be a booking. That that's that was my opinion on it. I was, I was incandescent mm. with rage.
3: Yeah. It's just interesting because... In the moment, live, I thought it was a penalty. I, the angle I had, I thought he. I didn't. I didn't think that, but it was in the moment. I felt he had taken a poor touch, then made a poor decision to try and go around a player, fucked it, (laughs) for want of a better phrase, and brought him down. um, In the in the rush of the moment, I have since seen it back, and I'm certainly more along the lines of you. Now, I I kind of agree in that I can see why it's given. It's obvious why it was given you can you can you can see that from a neutral perspective or from a port veil vale perspective but on reflection i still think it is a foul I definitely think it's a foul i think it's out of the box and therefore it's not a got a card uh, it's not it's not it's not a red card um, so then, the double jeopardy rule or not is irrelevant because it starts outside the box. Um, it is a mistake, you know. It's definitely an individual error. He's got so much credit in the bank where there's no one's going to be it Yeah, fair enough. One of those things. Um, young goalkeeper. He's, he's. I can't. I can't recall another error, anything that's directly his fault all season. So, yeah, I felt like, yeah, it, it did. Fit, it felt like double jeopardy. Whether that's the rule or not should be in place in that in that system. It felt like double jeopardy, didn't it? Like, but yeah, it's either a penalty or a red card. Both are a bit harsh. Um, but it really turned the game on its head, and and, and it was just the start of, of things, just going a bit a bit nuts. Well, I I I actually had a little paddy at that point
2: um, because I, there was never a moment where I felt that it was a penalty and a red card. Um, I actually thought Matty Taylor was 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 almost fouling Rushworth at the same time to get around him. So so whether that was right or wrong, I was furious. I got up, I went down to the toilet, um, and I came out of the toilet and I thought, oh, sick of this. We're already won, you know. I'm going to go and I'm going to get a drink. And as I got a drink, uproar, other lads down there, they've scored. I didn't see the goal. I've watched it back. It's an awful goal to concede. I don't see where our other centre-halves are. It's Shadipo that's chasing back and Paul. I don't know where O'Connor and Jackson are, but that's by the by. Um, And then I see a red card flashed. And I don't think there's anybody who even now knows what the situation is. Now, I spoke earlier to somebody at the 10K who works for one of the radio stations because I ran the 10K earlier. Um, And he said to me that after the goal is scored, Adam Jackson, potentially, or one of our other players, stands on Conlon's foot as he's wheeling away or as he's celebrating or in the build-up or or something happens. And Conlon has then lashed out, whether it's raised his hands, whether it's whatever, and that's where the confrontation comes from. But the fact that we're here now 24 hours later and we've still got no clarity whatsoever... um, makes it a little bit hard doesn't it to to give a definite opinion on whether whether it was right or wrong
3: yeah and I can't really say too much about the goal I've seen I've seen the little clip back but again you don't see everything I I was similar to you but a minute or two later because I went for a little paddy and a and a toilet break as the second goal went in um (laughs) (laughs) uh so I went there down there had a had, had a wee and then came back up again and and uh No one knew what was going on. There was a red card flashed apparently, but I didn't, you know, no one knew why. And it still said 1 1 on the scoreboard. I was like, oh, what does that mean then? And then no one really knew. And and like you say, we we still don't know. But let's just say it was a red card, legitimately. It it was was the correct decision. We don't really know. But let's just say it was. It was a huge turning point. uh, Because even though, you know, for them to be a a man up and and a goal up, you'd fully expect them to go ahead and win the game. But as soon as it goes back to 10, 10 versus ten, wow, we, we were we were we were holding our own, and we've we've seen what we can do over the last few over the last few weeks. We've got we've got great chances, and we're good at exploiting space. Space that's one thing we're good at. So there's more space to exploit, and we did. Yeah. And it, it, it was I think it was essential that we scored before half time. I think if we yeah. went in half time um, ten apiece, um, but it was two one down, we'd have seen a very different second half. But the fact that we I... scored made a big difference. I feel. I agree with the space. Ten
2: versus ten suits Lincoln City at home more than it suits Port Vale away, because Port Vale won't want us to have space. If they were going to go and get anything from the game, which they didn't have to at two-one, to be fair. But if they retreat and kind of try and defend ten v ten, we were the better side. Eleven v eleven after after the goal, because there was another opportunity just after where I think um, we could have got a goal. Yeah, I really felt that that we could go on and do it. And the thing about Benhouse's finish was the ball's gone through to him. Utterly superb again. Last, I think it was, wasn't it? But the move that's got it theres it's got Shadipo involved, House is involved, Paul's involved. It's a a lovely little move again. We look so fluid at the moment. And I'm watching, and I thought house it must be offside. Well, it it wasn't, because it bounced over the defender's head. But the way that he's taken it, from my angle, it looked like he'd given up. It looked like he's one-on-one. Is he going to score? And then it's like, oh, what's he done that for? And then it hits the back of the net, because it was such a nonchalant,
3: relaxed... Yeah, I... Obviously, we got a similar angle to each other, haven't we? When we when we sit, and I I thought he'd scuffed it. I thought he'd just kind of he tried to dink it into the, and it just got it just got into the keeper's hands, and I initially thought. Why is, the, why is the keeper not moved? And they obviously saw the, yeah. saw the net net ball and obviously celebrated and thought, that's a, that's a good thing to have happened. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but was really confused and thought, what's the keeper done? But then, yeah, when you see the replay, you realise actually the angle probably was a bit deceptive from where we were sat and it was a really just a really good finish. It's clearly just wrong-footed the goalkeeper who was, just wasn't set and was just couldn't, couldn't move. And it was just a brilliant finish. Ben House is a real asset, a real, real asset yeah, to this football club. Yeah. Um, it's going to be incredibly difficult to replace him when he when he does inevitably move on to bigger and better things at some point in the future. Um, but oh yeah, what a, what a player we've got! Um, but like you said, it's the moves as well. We've gone from being really really hard to beat, but maybe been a little bit one dimensional going forward to now still having the majority of that solidity for the majority of the time, but actually really starting to get those combinations going forward. You um, know, Irahan. And um whoever's playing left centre back at the time, Paul and the wing back and whoever's playing tense and those kind of four lovely little rotations throughout 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 the game, really. And we've seen that in the last two or three weeks. You're probably right, there's, there's an element of maybe Jack Diamond not being involved um that, that maybe helps with that. It's slightly more of a team ethic rather than just giving the ball and letting him run with it. But it's been a pleasure to watch. And yeah. yeah, so it's not just the finish, it's how it's how we got the ball into the position for him to to make the finish that was yeah. that was impressive yeah. as well. But it was it was huge in terms of going into half time. Yeah,
2: and watching it back, I think, from the very start of the phase of play. I mean, it does start with Regan Paul. and when passages of play now for Lincoln goals from open play almost always seem that the, the clip almost always starts in our defensive half. And it's not that we're particularly a team on the break. It did help yesterday because 10 versus 10, more spaces. we've just said. Um, I think one thing Port Vale might might be a little bit angry about, actually, is the way the ball's gone over the top of their defender. And, and you yeah, know, we we see the positive from the red and white side. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, if that happens against Oxford, that big lump that they've got just nods it away. Ben House doesn't get it. He gambles. He's gone the other side of the defender. He gambles on it coming over his head. Um be I thought from a defensive point of view. Whilst we praise certain elements of Bale's play, I thought that that was really naive. Um, from there, I think it was their right centre back.
3: Yeah, he's, he's just misjudged it. So yeah, I agree. Like it, obviously, if anything goes over a centre half's head, you've got to you've got to criticise the positioning. Really, House has done well to to, to 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 gamble. As you said, I think what the best thing, the best part of it from House's perspective, by the finish was his first touch was like across the defender, so the defender couldn't was either going to clip him or can't touch him. So yeah. once he's out of the game, he's yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter how close he is to him because he can't touch house anyway. So yeah, once he's misjudged it, house, is, house has got a one on a one, and he's done everything from there. But you know, we're not here to we're not here to criticize Port Vale. We're here to to to, to praise our hard boys. You know they, they they did well. It was a good move, got him behind nicely, and go into the break two two.
2: Well, let's praise Ben House as well before we come on to the second half because in a game, certainly in the second half, littered with yellow cards. I mean, absolutely littered with yellow cards. Ben House, a player who picks them up for fun, really. He's like the good-looking guy on Valentine's Day. You know, he's inundated with cards all the way through. <laughs> um, gets a yellow card on 28 minutes or whatever it is when they got their second goal, and then stays on until five minutes from the end and doesn't pick another one up for an agitator. Because he is. He's a, he's a house as well as a good footballer. And again, I was talking earlier to somebody at the 10K, which I ran earlier, um, and... We yeah sorry. I'll stop now. I'll stop. Uh, you think about anyway. Matt Reed. Yeah, no, I won't. No. Um, with, you think about Matt Reed. You think about Mick Harford if you go back a certain way. You think about Percy Freeman. You think about you know, hard centre forwards. Um, Lee thought they're an asset. And when they've got the ability that Ben House has got as well, teams aren't going to come to Lincoln and go, they've got that centre forward who scores 13, 15 goals a season. Give him a couple of kicks and that'll put him out of the game. And it can happen. I think Luke Plange is a decent player. But I think if Luke Plange was playing up top for us 46 games and a big centre half was like, right, I'm going to give him a, a yeah, kick. You kind of feel like
3: it'd fade away a little bit. It wouldn't be as yeah, great. As like,
2: yeah, like Virtue and Wilson. Same yeah, exactly. sort of thing. Don't think Ben House would. I think he'd be more likely to get himself a red card than he would shrink out of the game. So, half-time, 2-2, you know, which is probably as many goals collectively as we've, we've seen Lincoln um, score in any game. I mean, we would be, you know, I th- don't think we'd scored three at home all season in the league. I said to Matt, I know what this second half is going to be like. It's going to be dour. Both teams are going to come out. They're not going to want to get beat. The referees, gonna, you know, they, they're going to have warned each other that their players don't get involved 30 seconds from coming out. <laughs> yes, Sammy cards. Robinson. Yeah, Sammy it, Robinson. He
3: just came on at halftime. Yeah,
2: he came on at time. He's got a yellow card within 30 seconds and or, or a minute. And from the free pick, kick, Danny Mandrew hits the post. And Matt just turns to me and goes, do you know anything about football? Like, <laughs> no, obviously not. Um, look, there were some bizarre yellow cards through the game. There were some justified yellow cards. There were some bizarre yellow cards. Before we come to the goal, because it was quite away, there was two incidents I want to pick up on. One blatant penalty on Regan Paul. Oh godcha. Um, yeah. I mean it's just but it's for me, you don't blame the ref for that. The linesman on this right hand side down near us, it's right in front of him. He was nearly undressed. Yeah, it was almost obscene. There was there was adults covering their kids' eyes. I nearly covered like my dad's eyes, like you don't want to see that then. Um and Paudi O'Connor, in my opinion, probably he got balked, could quite easily have been sent off. I didn't see it. I went for another toilet break. The classic, managers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah sadly,
3: that. yeah, I was, yeah, the yeah, classic Arsene awesome Wenger, wasn't here I just didn't see that. Sorry, no, I genuinely no. didn't. That was my, that was my uh, mid-second half toilet break, and I came back and and but mush I was sitting with said, um, I he always go, did I miss out? And he goes, yeah. And that's normally no, of course you haven't. Lincoln are at home, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, you have. Uh, Perdo kind of should have got sent off, but got yellow. That's that was his words. Um, I, think- but I, I haven't, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Sadly. So,
2: it's, a ball's come forward. He's coming from behind to win the header. And for me, that the elbow, for for people who are listening, because they can't see that, I'm tapping my elbow, that's just gone into the back of the guy's... Oh, back. so it like he's really kind of of led with
3: the elbow. Yeah, he's
2: led with the elbow. And because of the way he's then connected with the ball, it looks like he's just gone in hard. But from the angle I thought... And, and don't get me wrong, I think it was as much as giving back some of what had been given. You know, Matty Taylor's not the most orthodox centre forward when it comes to challenges and things like that. And I don't think it was a dirty game, but I think both teams thought there's another red card in this because this referee, literally when there's a foul, all that, I, I imagine him like Dungeons and Dragons, there's a foul. So he rolls his little card for that one, rolls it again, free kick for that one. I almost expected him to give a corner in the centre circle and stuff. He was completely random with his decisions. Um, and we got away with one uh, at that point. Then, Yeah, it's doing an injustice, but we're 23 minutes in already. And and Chris uh, is usually the one that drags things out. But but Charlie has done a 25-minute preview, so we must move on quickly. Dylan Duffy comes on. He looks like a player that will exploit space when he's given it. And at 10 versus 10, he got it. um, And he soon was heavily contributing to it to be 10 versus 9, because he's got past Robinson, and it's a brainless challenge from their defender.
3: Yeah, he's... It's, it's that's that's a an easy decision for the referee. He had no he had no choice but to give him a second yellow for that. Um, this, this on the replay, the foul actually looks stronger and worse than it did. Yeah. kind of in in real time as well. I thought I thought he's kind of just clipped him, but he's he's away. It's still a foul and a yellow cup He's actually going quite hard on him. Yeah, he has. Um, but he just gets up straight away, and then yeah, not few, not that long later, we he he puts a brilliant ball in yeah. for our, for our, well for the winner.
2: And Dylan Duffy, I was chatting to somebody earlier. I won't say where uh, or why, but um, he said, brief cameo, stocky, strong looking up top. He doesn't look like a, you know, we'd signed Jeff Hughes as a kid from Ireland. He came over and he looked like three stone piss wet through. And you think he's got to build up. Dylan Duffy already looks like he could probably bench press me if he wanted to. Um, He's 20 years old. He'd got a bit of pace. He's got that ball, that delivery. And it's, I, I drew comparisons with a game that happened on exactly the same date or exactly the same weekend a year ago. And it was Ben House came on at Portsmouth and we'd barely seen Ben House. And he came on and he scored his goal at Portsmouth straight away. And I said, that was the first time we saw Ben House and look at him now. That's the first time we've seen Dylan Duffy. I won't be surprised if in 18 months' time, we're talking about him in the same way that we're talking about House and potentially Mandrew in that
3: because he looks a decent player. He really does, yeah. Yeah. The little, the little clips, the little, the little cameo he had was impressive. I don't think he lost the ball once. Um, it, it took on his, it took on his, his man a couple of times. Obviously, got the, a fantastic ball in for the assist, but also had a really good shot. He kind of ran down the left, cut inside, and then um, shows he's, he, he's capable with with both feet because he's clearly left footed. But he cut inside and that really good effort with his with his right peg to win as a corner. Um, Could have squared it, it for plunge, to be fair. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, he saw yeah, his it, name in it, lights. It was three two at the time. So. I don't think.
3: I don't think. I I'll see it back again, maybe, but. I don't think the ball through to plunge was as clear-cut. and It's weird, like you, it wasn't. You don't, in, 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 the, in the moment, I can't don't expect for a second that this is actually what's going through someone's mind because it's a split-second thing. But I was kind of thinking, I actually hope he shoots as it's going on because if the ball to plunge is then cut out, what Vale can be on the counter, whereas if he shoots, if it goes out for a goal kick, or if it uh, goes into the keeper's hands, or if we get a corner from it, that's actually better for us to reset. Or, or, or yeah, so I'm not saying that that's what he was thinking. That's why he took the shot. Maybe he just got excited and wanted to get a goal. Um, but I actually thought it was the right decision, and it was the right in this state of the game when we still needed. You know, we were three-two open. We just needed to see it out. Um, yeah, I'm impressed. And if he if he goes on to have anywhere near the impact in the team that Ben House has credit to the, to the recruitment team again and let's let's keep shopping in Ireland shall we because Danny Mandroy was also started to really look like the player we thought we'd signed.
2: some what little, a player. Lovely little touches and and we were critical a couple of weeks ago and I think we've always played devil as we always try and play kind of both sides, don't we? We said, you know, he's, he's come back from injury and um, he, he looks like he needs probably just to, whether it's to toughen up, maybe we've said he was a luxury player, Diamond was a luxury player, you have two in the side, they counteract each other and it, it all looks messy, looked on different wavelengths at times and you know, it's easy to be critical of Jack Diamond because, for the reason that he's gone, you know, it's easy to kind of go, ooh, 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 Jack Diamond. Um, but actually, when you look at his goals and assists return, we've been pretty critical of him before, his return to Sunderland um, and and I don't want to just kind of jump on him, but genuinely, I just think we look, we're more willing to go for a pass. Look, we're still looking to pass backwards um, and that's, that's absolutely look, fine. We just look more of a team. But one thing I, I also wanted to pick out about Ethan Aran, Best player And I world. had, to, I've got to, I've got, yeah, yeah, I've got to because <laughs> um, he's, he's amazing. And there was a moment yesterday where, He's going away from the attacking goal. So he's going towards his own goal. He's picked the ball up, facing his own goal, um, centre circle. Now, 99 times out of 100, in that situation, a Lincoln City player plays it back to the keeper or back to one of the two fullbacks. Not critical of that because they, we retain possession, we can build again. Am I he right? Thinking up... This is
3: a time he had two players on him and he turned and passed the ball forward.
2: Yeah, because the first thing he did, he looked side side like that he wasn't looking to go back to the goalkeeper and whether it's because it's Jordan Wright and we don't know whether Jordan Wright's quite as good with his feet as Carl Rushworth is I'm not sure and then he turned and it's a forward ball and I've got no problem with going back I keep saying that but sometimes it pays just to switch it up a little bit because it will catch the team off if Port Vale think you're going back they're already pushing on waiting for that ball back you turn you've created space
3: yeah. He's just so aware of his surroundings, and he's, scan- he's scanning all the time. It's something I've been really impressed with. He's, he already knows what when he's received the ball, he, kn- he already knows where his pass is going to go, or what's what's near him. And with that one turn, you think, oh, he's getting sucked in a bit here. Yeah, he expected to pay it backwards, but he's, he's, he's turned, and he's taken two two Port Vale players completely out the game. And then he's he's played it forward, and we're and we're back on the attack. He's just he's excellent. He really is. He's, he's not dropped off at all. We, I remember us saying after the Accrington game, you know, they, they, oh my god, this guy's excellent like but it's his first appearance it could just be a bit of a you know a cameo we've, we've seen players turn up and have a great great debut and then maybe drop off he's not he's just been so consistent but consistently brilliant um so I long may that continue but yeah I know we will we'll talk about him every every single game he plays I think yeah. and rightly so it's not just because we're you know we're trying to pick him up because it's it's it's, it's funny that we that we both love him and, but he I think he just deserves it. He he just allows everything else to to fit together and work.
2: Of the three games that we've lost since he signed, you didn't play two of them. Mm-hmm. I, told so it's you not, it. You, I told you everything you need to know. Um, and again, I think he was partly, he could have been in my mind for Man of the Match yesterday just because he he's not a player that you'll ever be able to measure by going, look at his goals, look at his assists, look at his second assists. You're not going to measure a player like Ethan around like that because you can measure him by how successful the players are around him. And there's an argument even and people say this is a reach. There's even an argument for somebody like Lars Sorensen playing right wing back when you've got Ethan Arahan playing in that holding midfield role, and Lars makes his break and he he commits forward, which you well, do. The thing is, he's
3: able to commit because he's he he's confident that he's going, that we're going to keep the ball. Ethan Arahan yeah. keeps the ball. He I think gave the ball away once yesterday that I can remember. He, he hardly ever. Gives the ball away. It just gives us that com- confidence. We said how how important the wing backs are in our system. But then they're high. The two next to the striker are narrower, and we can get forward in the pitch and they overload them. If you're if you're, let's just think from a mental perspective. No matter what the manager said, if you're Las Sorensen or whoever's playing right wing back, and you're thinking there's space for me to run into here, and you think okay, I could I could bust a gut to get forward here, but if my mate central mid if he loses this, I've got a fucking long way to get back again. And I'm out of position. You maybe just hold off. Maybe you don't commit quite so far forward. And that's when you start to play as a five rather than a three. If you have that confidence that your teammates going to look after the ball and going to find you, you just keep going. You just keep going. And it says that you know Lassonson is a, a right wing back. So on paper, it's that's a defensive position. We all know it's not, but it it can be. And he's got on the end of a he's got on the end of a, a cross field pass. He's our furthest player forward to score the first goal. Yeah, it's got to come. I'm not saying that's all Ethan Heron because of that, but he, Ethan Heron allows us to um, have. It's just given the whole team a bit of confidence and and kind of composure in the in the middle of the park, and we've we've just kept the ball better in there, haven't we?
2: We have indeed. Now, um, we're going to skip forward a little bit, I think, because we're already 31 minutes in. And I said to Chris, we'll just do a quick 15 minutes because we've got a long, uh, Yeah, we'll, we'll just do a little a little Sunday one. Um, but there was you were never going to be able to cover that. I, I couldn't cover it inside 2,000 words yesterday. There's no way that we're going to cover it inside 31 minutes. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. First of all, you'll get a word from our sponsors. We've already said, you know, if the sponsor doesn't quite align with your beliefs or apologies, we do try um, to work with Talk sport to to kind of produce to to make sure that our our, our backers are, um, I don't know the best word to put it, um, ethical, let's say. Um, So if if it is a gambling sponsor, um, our apologies. Uh, so i from there. We're going to jump straight into Tuesday night's game. Now, I, I put a point on earlier that I've done a couple of memory matches recently. I did one against Oxford from, from the 80s, I think it was. Uh, my memory match was 1-0. We beat Oxford 1-0. Uh, I did one from a home game against Port Vale at the end of the 1983-84 season, 3-2. We beat Port Vale 3-2. Um, So hopefully the memory match that will be published Monday slash Tuesday is from Barnsley 1975 2-1 chosen by uh, Patreon of the site, Carl Mercer, could be a 2-1 victory. Do Charlie and Josh from Barnsley podcast and site read all over agree? You're about to find out.
4: Hello, and welcome to the preview for Barnsley's game on Tuesday. Um, Barnsley's game against us. That was a weird way of putting it, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> I am joined by Josh from Red All Over. Hi, Josh.
5: Hi, Charlie. How are you doing?
4: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's, it's quite good after yesterday's game anyway, although I still don't really know what on earth was going on in that game. So if anybody can sort of comment when this goes out and actually explain to me what went on. Yeah. Um, we had a bit of a weird one, basically, Josh. There was three red cards in the game. We didn't oh. really know what happened with the second red card. Um, a lot of people didn't think the first should have been a red card. We maybe should have had a, another penalty. It, oh, it was just just a game of awful officiating. But we got the win, so... Mm, that's, that's League 1, no, though, for you. Yeah, exactly.
5: That's League 1 at the minute.
4: So, so, before we go into actually previewing our game against you on Tuesday, <laughs> I think it's uh, it would only be right to speak on behalf of most Lincoln fans when I say it's such a shame that you managed to relegate Forest Green. You know, <laughs> it's such a shame that that happened. We were really, really hoping that they could stay. Okay, I'm not even going to try and kid myself. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you for that result yesterday.
5: No problem whatsoever. I think it's. Um, it, seems, it seems like we're on Forest Green. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sides that seem to have a, have a bit of needle for for them. I think tra- Tramnear one as well um yourselves yes. i think it's just one of the, it's, it's just one of the sides that seem to rub people up the wrong the wrong way yeah. a little
4: bit I, yeah yeah they uh, they certainly have a habit of doing stuff like that don't they um, <laughs> so right now now you know ignoring that before we get anybody moaning too much um so uh, basically like uh, like I said just before we started recording, I normally start talking about how the season's been going as such. Um, but something that we both mentioned just before we started was that most fans will agree that there are two leagues in League One, well, too many leagues, um, sort of the top, what is the top nine? And then sort of your bottom, however many are left, 15. Um, but as we both mentioned, there is kind of an extra group stage at the, the top four ran a, a running away with it there was um it, it was a likely scenario a few games back i don't know if it'll still happen but it was a likely scenario a few games back that all four of you you um chef wednesday ipswich and plymouth will all finish on 90 plus points and two of you won't get autos for that so from the outside looking in, it has been one crazy, crazy season <laughs> for those top four. What's it been like being part of
0: it?
5: It's been, I think, I think for us, it's been sort of pressures off because it's that it's that sort of season. We had a lot of change behind the scenes at board level. Um, obviously, we went down. We were relegated fairly um, easily last season, um, and the sort of big change that had to come. Obviously, Michael Duff came in. Obviously, with relegation comes you're going to lose your big earners, and you've got yeah. to. I, think, I don't think we've paid a fee for any players apart from Adam Phillips this season. So everyone else has been free transfer. So it's been sort of balancing the box as well as trying to become competitive or at least maintain some sort of foundation to build from. Um, and I think at the start of the season, you could see the disjointed nature of the side. Um, if we've got a fair few new players coming in and also Michael Duff trying to implement his style on the team. And sort of from January onwards, we just hit um really red, red up form and they're a point where we're just trying to vie for sixth place between us bolton and derby and then
2: yeah
5: we flew through march which march were going to be a defining part of a season because we played plymouth we played derby and we also played chef Wednesday in that time um, and obviously we took nine points from them free which yeah. was it, it catapult us and up to that top uh, into that top four bracket um, but albeit we've always been kind of outsiders for that as not being a side that's been in the top, in the top two all season. Um, but now we're now we're sort of there, and we're still chasing. It's still an outside chance. I think we're three or four points behind, and we've only got a game in hand against Wednesday. But we do still have Ipswich to play, which is pro- if we're still within there of taking um, six points from the next two then that becomes a very, very pivotal game. But if if, if we drop points between now and then the season, that's it's probably going to play us for us.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's kind of what it's very much looked like from the outside looking in as well. Um, I think a lot of people, myself included, sort of after watching your your game against Sheffield Wednesday, I genuinely thought you had a brilliant chance of reaching autos and then you obviously got that loss to Exeter. Mm-hmm. Um which obviously very much kind of stunted what looked like was going to be a great push for autos. But how's the sort of performances and results been since, I guess specifically since that Exeter game? Like, was it just a one-off blip, you know, they happen? Or I know you haven't quite had a Chef Wednesday style meltdown, but Mm -hmm. have you had a, has it made you worse, basically?
5: I think it even, it's been a bit of a weird one. At home, we've been sort of very commanding. Um, we've looked, we've set out a style sort of, as a top side does, have been like, we're going to play this way and yeah. we'll implement a style on you and you've got to sort of adapt to that. Whereas away from home, we've sort of stopped start. We drew at Bristol Rovers um, a few weeks ago and that was always... It was home games where I could never see a scoring in it. it I'd 0-0 writ- 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 written on it from the start. We never really got into the way in which we flow and play uh, yeah. We lost to Bert- to Burton, albeit through John Bray for pulling off a fantastic save um, on the line, which, again, it's one of those where it's a referee sends him off round ball and then we get the penalty. Yeah. It's a completely different game, it's a different story, but that was within the first 10 minutes. So we still got plenty of time to go win that sort of on merit anyway. So that was much- a bit of a
4: crazy decision or lack of decision, yeah. though. <laughs> I mean, that was. Oh.
5: Yeah, it, it's one of them where well, it it could be a pivotal. Obviously, if we miss out on automatics by two by less than two points, that's suddenly yeah. a massive a, yeah. a massive stick, sticking point. But obviously, you're not you're not granted to go on and win that game from that point yeah. from that point anyway. If he does get sent off and get that penalty, but I think we've sort of we've looked a little bit more stop stop starting now rather than sort of the flowing nature of when we went um, on like the massive unbeat the long unbeat unbeaten run and picking up wins. I think we won ten out of twelve. Um, yeah. So I think from that exit game, it's been a little bit more stop-starting hours. We've lost that or, that aura or of invincibility about us a touch, mm-hmm. and, and we do look a little bit more, a little bit more, fun, more, more vulnerable, um, and we do look more wary of size now, as opposed to sort of turning up with not an arrogance about us, but a confidence in the yeah. way in which we play and sort of a trust in the structure and the formation, the style that that, that we use. We look a little bit more unsure about ourselves. I just if we do end up in a player, so want us to go into it with good form, because obviously when it comes to playoff, you don't want to be entering that sort of hit and miss hit here and there. You want to you want to sort of fly up through it and and come into it as in as good a position as you possibly can.
4: Yeah. Um yeah. It's it, it's good to know, you know, play player knew that you're not quite as confident and as sort of free-flowing and mm-hmm. You know you're less likely to just be able to roll the team over as what you maybe were back in that winning run because you know like i say looking back at that it just seemed like nothing was going to stop you um, and then obviously something or well, a couple of games now have well have i guess um mm-hmm. so um before before we started recording um as i was saying to you i was just checking on some of the some of the key stats um i didn't start looking through xg because i know a lot of people are really not <laughs> fans of that um uh, look, and it's it a I, bit I of a, I, I, I do but i won't use it too often um, um but it's it's a bit of a contentious topic on the podcast chris one of the presenters he uh He always likes to bring it up and sometimes it gets a bit of a poor reception. So um, (laughs) I haven't mentioned that, but looking at the base stats and I looked at kind of your away form, obviously you've got a solid away form, you know, as you should do in the top four. um, But what stood out for me was that you were the league's biggest scorers in away games. Um, 33 goals, I think it is. Um, So is that symbolic of your whole away form, or is that down to a couple of games similar? You know, like putting five away at Forest Green.
5: I think it's um, up until the Exeter loss. It was sort of we we're scoring a fair few away from home, <clears throat> We'd be scoring two or three. And I think we looked we looked quite solid defensively in in that time as well. Um, like the whole team was sort of doing its job defensively. The back the back three or back back five, whichever you look at it. Um, was well, solid, and then when Harry Isaac came in as well, every time we were called upon, he'd he'd do his job. I think he kept. I don't. know, I think he set some sort of re- record, of either keeping a clean sheet in his first th- three or four games for us, or he kept a clean sheet in four, four, four out of five, or something like that. Um, but I think in terms of scoring, I think it is from that from from that point of us sort of being somewhat untouchable and invincible through through that period that we just kept coming up and we've scored yeah. three or four goals sort of e- each game. So. I'm not sure if that, if that, them, that, that, 33 sort of are a little bit inflated in a way of from that period of and that purple patch of form where we just really yeah. did sort of start, start flying. Um, and then we've, from that point, every now and again, we've just come up against sides like Morecambe and, uh, and Forrest and just stuck five by him, by, by him anyway. So I think, as you said, of sort of the two, the two league aspects of it, it's when we played sort of some of the lesser sides that are yeah. Uh, aren't that great that we've just gone and sort of padded out as goal difference in a way?
4: Yeah, that's uh, That sort of seems, like, I say, exactly what I thought it could be, rather than a whole thing. Because, I say, when you put five against Forest Green, like you say, five against Morecambe, it it's very quickly a big difference from twenty three mm. to thirty three goals away from home, isn't it?
5: Exactly. Um, exactly.
4: So you mentioned obviously being sort of unbeatable and invincible during your run, but a time when you weren't unbeatable and invincible was in August and October, mm-hmm. uh, two recent meetings this season where you know obviously I have to bring them up. We absolutely <laughs> destroyed you. You were nothing. You were put put away. And um, yeah, we we obviously had two brilliant away games at Oakwell this season. Um, so looking back on them. Are you are you worried we might be able to do the double over you? You know, we made it look the obviously the Papa John's one was you can't really do mm. much to the form book on that, can you? Because it is, you know, it is the Mickey Mouse trophy, whatever you want to call it. Um But the league game as well, we even made that look ours to lose, after you know, especially after we scored the first. So are you are you worried?
5: Yeah, definitely. I think it is It is the size sort of in that mid-table area that we seem to be struggling against at, at the minute. And when you look at sort of the recent form of yourselves, um, picking up, uh, be- beating Plymouth, drawing with Wednesday, um, they're obviously playing against that top, that, that top six. So far, he done us a good favour, um, albeit taking three points off us early in the season. So I think it's, it's one of them games that it's probably... Barring Ipswich, it's probably our hardest game left this season. I know we've got we've got Ipswich and, P- and Peterborough left to play, but Peterborough's last game of the season by that time they could either be, yeah, or the outside the playoffs or inside the playoffs and uh, and be safe and top and sorted. So that's kind of got a bit of a bit of an asterisk against it. But I think for this one, it is it is sides like like yourselves that we struggle struggling against um, of being in that mid table area and not necessarily not that you shut, shut up shop against us. It's like you said, you've gone and you've you, you put in numbers by us anyway, and we've got no response. I think the one thing is, I know in October, I don't think we won a game in October. And obviously, in August, we, with sort of the behind the scenes stuff that had gone on at the club, Michael Duff just coming in, yeah. the amount of players which we signed, like there's a bit of disjointed nature about ourselves anyway. So it's going to be interesting to see the difference of us in that time of. From January onwards, we've looked a little bit more of a different side. Everything's sort of yeah. clicked into place now. So it's going to be, it's really like a good yardstick of seeing where we were and what mm. we've come to because it is sides like Exeter Ex- Ex- done the double over us. Yeah. we Wigan put three buyers at home uh, early on the season and we only went and turned them over 1 0. One and that's when we were playing re- really well in that time. So I think you're probably like the last side that's done a real good number on us that it'd be interesting to see sort of how we've how much we've improved and cut co- and come on sort of throughout the season
4: yeah well obviously um our recent form suggests that we're gonna we're gonna at least try and bring mm-hmm. into you know um a three two a two t- two nils in the past three games you know it's the first time we had done back to back to back since april twenty twenty one i can't remember the last time we did four wins in a row probably that same <laughs> season but it's it would be very nice for us to do it. And I think we're all, I, I think we we are excited for the game against you mm-hmm. because we've been excited against games for games against the top six all season because we've gotten something from, well, all of them apart from Peterborough. So yeah, I think it's for, for us looking at it, it's one that we would like to think we can get something from. Um, so talking about your players then, and sort of your how you set up. So what kind of shape are you likely to be setting up on Tuesday? And then who are the who are the key players in your team that we need to that we're really going to need to worry about? Have you got many sort of major injuries or suspensions or anything like that at the minute? Or
5: um, suspension-wise, is only Nikki Cadden, um, right. which was from the Shrewsbury game, a bit of a contentious red card as well, because it was it kind of one of challenges that goes on a couple of times in a game, but the rest perfect. It, I right. had the letter of law, it probably is a red, but in the context of the way in which he'd done it, it just took a heavy touch and went to just try and grab the ball ah, again, yeah. and then the player pokes it away and is he's, he's like stood on him. Um, so it, it looks it looks bad in a replay, but in the context of how it happened, it's probably a yellow, um, but letter of law, it's probably a red. Uh, in terms of shape, it's 3-5-2 yeah. um, and it could change in the second half depending on who comes on. If Luke Thomas comes on we'll drop more into a three, four, one, two, and he'll sort of play in the hole in between the in between the defence and midfield and sort of try and pick pick up the ball from there. That's how we start we we started the season until I think it's it around September, October, when Luke Thomas broke his ankle. Um so he was out for three months and it sort of that induced us to change shape a little bit more because we would not really got anyone that had his driving ability with the ball of he's the yeah. only one in the team that really turned he'll, he'll grab the ball turn and he'll drive at defense and he's either getting a free kick or he's going to go by his man. He very rarely loses the ball necessarily. He'll only lose it by being fouled or, um, or he'll, he'll he'll go by him and he'll, he'll create something from it. So he, in the first part of the season, he's probably his most important player. But since then we've moved more to this three, five, two, which, um, wing backs have been key in that. I think Jordan Williams at right wing back and Nicky Cadden at left wing back. I think they've combined for maybe about 15 goals this season, goals and assists. So yeah. they've both been fe- fairly influential and been very sort of pivotal to his attack. I think there's um, there's definitely a pattern of play which we've got, which is as left sided centre half, Liam Kitchen plays a long diag across mm-hmm. that right wing back position. And at, at, at the time of him playing it, you think it's just a crossfield ball and there's no one there. Then John Williams sort of comes from nowhere and picks yeah. it up. And, and then it's just like a nice cut, a, a, a cutback or a cross, which became sort of a pattern of play. But I think the two other players that are key to this is Luca Connell in the middle, who is sort of plays in that pivot role for us. And he will just, he'll sit in front of the back three, puts, it gives them that layer of protection, but then also sort of plays as a, a quarterback for us of so either just yeah. recycling possession, keeping the ball moving, or we'll just pick, pick out a nice 50-yard ball and it'll either be the, the wind backs running on or one of the front to either Nod N- N- or Devante all running behind. And I think he's been sort of, he's probably the as best player which we've got. But for me, the most important player is Herbie Kane for us. Of He seems to be the one that um, initiates a high press to win the ball back. So he'll sort of come from within that, um, that five or three. Yeah. way you look at it, he'll be the one that'll dart yeah. out from sort of central midfield and go and put pressure on. Either the foot the, the full back, wing back or winger, and then that just it just shifts the entire team of it, it brings yeah. everyone across from one direction and just su- suffocates possession and either forces someone to go long or we'll go and nick we'll we'll go nick it high up the pitch. So I think Luke Connor and Hurricane are sort of as most as most important players, um, especially within that style and that and sort of the, the 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 way in which Michael Duff's created the team at the minute.
4: Well that's that's actually really good to hear because we play well against the three-back. You know, we, we mm-hmm. press from the front and we do press well against the three-back. And to know that sort of you try and press us and shift the team to try and force us to go long, that doesn't really bother us too much. We're not we're not exactly the most aerial physical side, but we have players who play. So right wing back at the minute, we've got Las Sorensen, who was a midfielder, is now sort of playing right wing back for us Um, for the last sort of six seven games and over the last two games between him harry boys who's over on the other side um and sort of dan mandroyu who who will be on the wing and shadipo on the wing their long balls over the last few games have been brilliant to switch the play um there was a brilliant goal yesterday where our striker sort of brought it down and managed to manage to get a really nice goal from it. Um, we scored a couple sort of counter attack goals, that all started from one long ball over the top that was brought down and played. You know, obviously, then we made a chance out of it. So, mm-hmm. if we're going to get pushed into that, I don't think that's going to bother us too much. Um, I think where we might lack is if we have to hoof it into the middle, because like you know, like I said, we're not exactly the most physical aerial side. But if we can switch the play you bring it down and do something with it then we'll be able to create chances by the sound of it so that is sort of promising to know um, so sort of moving on then um, are you are you are you going going to be there on Tuesday night
5: uh, no I'm in Manchester no. so it's a little oh, bit of a right. trick for me to make it across
4: understandable do you know do you know how many there's going to be um, I think I, idea. I think
5: it's between five or seven hundred at the minute okay um which i assume with the forest green result probably a few a, a few more might chance yeah. it with knowing that we've kind of it looks like we might have turned a corner again away from home yeah. um I've picked up results because i think obviously the, Bert, the the burton game seemed to knock the stuffing out of us a touch um and then obviously got exeter which were a massive long old trip away on a yeah. tuesday night to get yeah. turned over free for free, free one so I think it did stop a few people traveling away but hopefully yeah. the forest green results made people a little
4: bit more susceptible to going now i've got to be honest i thought it i thought it would be more because obviously it's not a not a long mm. trip per se so i was expecting there to be more because um, i think we'll not sell out but i feel like we'll take we'll have a good few there you know we'll definitely have slightly higher than average attendance under the floodlights a big game um especially with our three recent results people mm it's we've kind of turned a corner there was a lot of sort of rumors and speculations and just kind of a little bit of moaning um when we were on a bit of a bad run Um, so to have turned the corner it's nice to hear people excited about going to the games again Mm. that's that's the big thing isn't it it's that's what you want you want people to be to want to go not to feel that they have to go
5: Um, yeah definitely
4: so yeah, it should it should be a good game. So to wrap it up then, score prediction. What are we what what are you thinking? How you know, talking about it all, how confident are you feeling?
5: Um, I'm not sure. I mean confidence level is it's so middle of the road yeah. that I don't know what's gonna happen in that there's obviously we've got like the pressure, of, we've not really got the pressure of being in the top two of like have everyone chasing. We're still the ones chasing, so we can just take it game by game and just just try and put as best foot forward. But yeah. I would much rather us go and lose and try to try to go and win than pick up a point and draw because that's going to be the thing that definitely stops us dead and commits us to the playoffs. I'd much rather us just go and just try as best to put as many by you as possible. Um, and if we get picked off on the counter, we get picked off on the counter, and we just we just deal with it I'd rather us lose two to two one like like that rather than sit than sit sit back and pick up a one a one one draw. So yeah. I think for me, we've got to go and start. Uh, we've got to go and start fast, um, and hopefully push you a little bit further back, um, and not really invite pressure on, and just keep just keep sort of the relentless high press that we've been using. So. I think within that though, you, when you look at the results you've picked up, it's not gonna be easy. So I'm going one nil, one nil to Barnsley. And it's gonna be yeah. it feels it feels like the most I mean every, every go until now to the end of the season feels like the most important, but this feels like as sort of last final test outside of teams from the tops from the, the yeah. top six or top three that we've got. Um and I I think no one uh, no one from the Barnsley end sort of is knowing that you're going into this thinking, this is a simple three points, especially yeah. when you look at what happened against Exeter, um, what happened against Burton, and what's happened against Bristol Rovers. It's the sides that we think have got nothing to play for anymore that are coming and turning us over and turning over quite convincingly as well. Yeah. And then I think when you look, is it 3-4-3 three, three, which you play or 5
4: three, Yeah, three? yeah, sort of a, it's more of a... <laughs> against you it'll be much more of a five, 5 2 3 rather than a 3 4 3 you know
5: because i three, think five. i think the thing which terrifies me the most is that if you're keeping three up there it's yes. sort of that it's that three on three which yeah. we've got wonder's uh, Liam kitchen who's his left centre half used to play full back a bit anyway at his green so he's got a bit of pace and can sort of deal with wingers as mm-hmm. such um and so then sort of the onus sort of goes on luke o'connell to try and provide that extra body and not leave it necessarily as a free on free um at all times so it'll be interesting as well to see because we kick between kitchen and bobby thomas well any of us back free really a lot of them like to carry the ball forward a touch as well and like yep. the especially kitchen he um it was a reason for the first goal against shrewsbury of picking it up on the edge area just went on a marauding one run forward which Mm -hmm. has its plus and minuses that it creates overloads on that left hand side but also should we lose it we've now got a two on two or in your case a two on three so it's going to be it's really interesting to see how both both sides approach that of Mm. if our center us don't come forward as much with the ball and, and sort of carry it as much or if that drags one of your front front three to kind of come to sort of move back with him and then leaving it more of a two
4: last thing I think it's going to be really it's going to be a really tactical game um, mm. you know we can we can sit here and talk about it for days but you, you're just never going to quite know what what each manager is going to decide um, exactly. I think for me for me kind of trying to predict the game it would be very easy of me just to say a one or draw you know we are we are the draw specialist this season we have had a lot of one-all draws against the big sides a lot of one-all draws at home and um, I would like to think, from everything you said, I feel like we can nick it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we, we're playing with a really, real nice confidence at the minute. We're, we are fine soaking up pressure. That's never That hasn't bothered us, you know. When, when we played away at Ipswich earlier in the season, we got a 1-0 win when they had 33 shots and we only had 20% possession or whatever. And we got the 1-0 win. It was... It's kind of what you had to do away at their yeah. place. Was, yeah. That was the sort of thing. I think at home against you guys if you're going to come at us because like you say you're going to have to come at us there's no you can't sit back and wait for anything to happen um so i feel like it's going to play into our hands we're going to get at least one goal you know i don't i don't see us not scoring um it's just about making sure that we can keep you out as much as possible or score one more than you
5: hmm I think that, uh, I, I think it's just one of them games that I really can't place on what's going to happen no. um in terms of win lose or draw I I've I'm just edging my bets in terms of hoping that we can just snatch something or grab something yeah. in, in in that
4: 1-0 yeah it really 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 could go either way um hopefully it's our way and you can try and push on for autos or playoffs or whatever after Tuesday, but I guess we shall wait and see. Um, but yeah, good luck for the game on Tuesday. Like like we said, it's going to be it is going to be a real good one. Um, everyone listening, make sure you get down to the stadium. We're going to need as many people behind the team as possible. To uh, we're not like I said, we're not really playing for much, but that tenth place would just be like a it would be like a mini mini trophy in its own right, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. So if we can try and get that. Make sure to come on down, support the team and yeah, good luck to Barnsley for Tuesday, uh, but especially good luck for them after that for the rest of the season. Um, it would be it would be nice to be playing you next season. I, I enjoy Oakwellers on a away day, but it's, uh, it would also, I'm sure, be nice for you guys if we didn't. So uh, thank you very much for coming on, Josh. And, uh, no problem at all, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Right, cheers very much.
2: Uh, so thank you very much, Josh, and thank you, Charlie, as well. Providing um, incredibly popular, we're not going to go into too much detail because with twenty-five minutes of Barnsley, I, I think the fact that the listeners have probably got what they what they expect. But what do you ex- what do you a- actually expect from the game, um, Chris?
3: More of the same, to be honest. And maybe not quite as uh, much madness, but in terms of our performance with and without the ball, I think we've got a good I think we've got a good kind of factory setting now. We we know what we are. We've got nothing to fear. We've got. We've got. We're not going to go down. We're not going to go up. It, the, the the pressure's lifted, and there's absolutely no reason why we can't. We we can't. We can't play just as well as we have over the last three games and, and get another three points. I'm not going to go so far and say, yeah, we're definitely going to win four on the bounce, but we definitely can. And I think it'll be a very very different um, Lincoln City performance as it was in the away tie. That was a very similar to the Ipswich game, wasn't that? That was very much. A, Backs against the wall, play on the break. You know, be hard to beat, and 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 take their chances when we can. We've progressed from there. Um, we we still have that solidity, but we have we have we have improved going forward, and we've seen that in the last three or four weeks. That's hope we see the same again. So yeah, I I don't think we'll lose. There we go. Well,
2: I I think that we're likely to take a point. I actually think it could be quite similar. Um, to the games earlier in the season. I think that it'll be a different Lincoln City to the one that we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Interesting point. Did you know that actually we're one of only two teams in the division that mathematically could still go up or go down?
3: <laughs> I did um, not know that. Mathematically yeah. maybe, but realistically, we're
2: yeah. not. We're realistically, not you can't the, uh, I, I like the, it's from, I think it's from Data 365 or something. I don't know who they are, that they put the probability of you finishing oh, yeah, in yeah. different positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're 15 points outside the playoffs and we're 15 points clear of the bottom four um, and there's 15 points to play for. So you, it's not going to happen. You know that. Um, and the other one's Bristol Rovers. And look, we would have taken that at the beginning of the season. You know, I said, I just wanted to go to Morecambe with no worries whatsoever. And yeah. and, and, um, and that's going to happen. That. It's going to be a big, big evening on Tuesday night. I think it'll be loud. we have not played Barnsley at home in the league for many, many years. And um, They're on a roll. Our friends up at Sheffield Wednesday, and and I I say friends because I, I like the Wednesday till I die podcast, um, will be desperate for us to win. Interestingly, if we do not win, uh, if Barnsley take it and and they can jump Sheffield Wednesday, would you rather Barnsley went up, or would you rather Sheffield Wednesday went up? Who would you rather play next season?
3: Oh, you see, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because, it's like from a fan's perspective, you want the away day. Though we haven't actually been to Barnsley on a Saturday. So I didn't, I didn't. I couldn't do the Tuesday night when I was in. Uh, what was I? I was in absolute I think when that was on. Oh yeah, yeah I mean, I streamed. I streamed that from the hotel, the hotel bedroom, and didn't act, and accidentally didn't connect to the Wi-Fi. I just used all my data <laughs> <and> streaming <laughs> streaming it on. That follow. Um, so yeah, but yeah. So I've, I've, I've never been to Barnsley. Uh, I'd like to, from a fan's perspective, I'd like to go for an away day at Barnsley. Um, they're both good teams. You, you fully expect the resources of Sheffield Wednesday to be slight slightly higher than Barnsley. Though they do recruit well. Um, oh, I don't know I don't know I'm going to say I prefer Barnsley to stay down I think they're probably over a long term slightly more beatable though they are a very very good side and I haven't, I haven't been there so yeah from a personal well, perspective Barnsley to stay to stay in this
2: league please and of course at the time of recording neither of them have beaten us in the league in, in about 25-30 years have they um, I can't even I can't remember us playing Barnsley in the league at all during my lifetime back to the early 80s so I think cumulatively or collectively, there have been 80 years of football where Sheffield Wednesday and Barnsley haven't beaten Lincoln City. Um, so put your house on them beating us now on Tuesday, because I've said that, because that's exactly what happens. Um, or if you believe in omens, as you know Dylan Duffy clearly did, because he came on and, and made, his, uh, made his, his name in a 3-2 victory, as Ben House did last year. But if you believe in that, believe in the memory match, believe in Lincoln City to win 2-1. Um, I've been your host, Gary. I'm a runner. Uh, that's Chris. He's a football manager, um, and we will see you again very, very soon. Up the imps! Up the imps! So, 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. A participating restaurant's 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.